Right, and we're on. Welcome back to the Fight Watch UK podcast. I'm joined by Bellator fighter Carl Pacino Eleanor. How are we doing, mate? We all right? I'm good, mate. Ex Bellator fighter. Ex Bellator <laughs> fighter. I am it. I am a free agent at the minute. All right, and that like is that obviously what, what happened to that? Uh, just my contract time ran out, and then um, they're just not currently signing anybody else at the minute, apparently. So I don't know. I don't know if they've canned us or what, but I'm not really asked. I'm just uh, <laughs> just testing free agency at the minute and seeing where I can go. That's uh, it. Just testing the waters. I definitely. I'm not really complaining at the minute anyway. I mean, I'm spending loads of time with the kids and the way things are in the world at the minute anyway. We're not much happening. It's it's good to spend some time with them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like right in heavy all that. Jesus. Um, <laughs> so like obviously there was a few fights in Bellator like obviously you had a, quite a few fights cancelled with James and stuff like all out going on with like the brain scan like what was actually going through your mind at the time like what was what was going on with that uh, just an absolute nightmare to be honest um, just completely out of my hands as well I mean one minute I think I'm but I fight on a massive stage like somewhere where I've like kind of pushed myself to get there with my whole career and then just have it taken away from us from something that could have been easily avoided you know what I mean it was just uh just easily avoidable and just an absolute nightmare as I say like all down to just negligence from a couple of doctors when I fought in South Africa really that was the the main the main issue with it all together yeah like so so like them having like, quite a few mixed opinions, do you think it was like much better going with a few people? Like obviously it was a really like challenging time. Was there like a moment where you were like, shit, I need to come up with a backup plan for this or we're just like uh, nah, constantly fighting nah, for like and need the right results? Nah, well obviously I just got told one thing and it was just like as if that was like it dead in the water, you know what I mean? I mean I went uh got like a short notice train to London, um, seeing some specialist and he was the someone who I thought was going to give us the answers I wanted and I went there and he was the one who kind of put the nail in the coffin and was basically saying like how looking at the scan report was basically saying that it was done you know like basically making on as if like I had all these complications when really he didn't have any images to take that from he was just going off what the doctors in South Africa had said in that report um because it was the difference in scan that was the they were saying was the issue, but when realistically, when it all came out, the last the last scans I've done has been exactly the same as that scan before, and that there was no change. But when I did the first brain scan in South Africa, they they didn't announce all this stuff that's already on my brain. It's something that I. It's basically just every brain image is different, you know. And all brain images is the same, and they're basically saying that um, on my scans there was a couple of dark areas that they were saying like could have been damaged you know what i mean yeah but then there was saying they didn't have any other scans to go off uh, and then what they had was the last scan i did when the first pulled us from the fight with james and they were saying like on this scan there like all all this stuff's there but in your first scan that you did in south africa they have said it wasn't there so that was the issue but i couldn't get the scan images from south africa that was the whole problem so they were saying the reports is that you didn't have all this all this stuff that uh the new scans bringing up, so that's like a massive amount of change in your brain scanning, like in in the what the brain scans now telling us. You know, they're saying it's a huge amount of difference in a short period of time, so it's really alarming. When realistically, what was was when we did eventually get the scan images from South Africa that they were exactly the same, so there was no change in my brain. Now, with many fights I'd had in between, then hasn't changed it at all. So, like, it was completely so was, on them making that decision of stuff I hadn't even seen. Really, like, we just. 
they weren't really well, trying for it. No, it wasn't that. It was the fact that the doctors in South Africa had, rather than just saying that I had X, Y, and Z come up in my brain scan, they just said it was completely clear of everything. So there's certain things that they look for. Is there any, like, black spots or all this kind of different stuff? Has he got the some kind of gap in the temporal lobe or let and they just said none when realistically I have got all that stuff. Yeah. So instead of them announcing it was there and then dealing with it, they just said it what well, it wasn't there. So then when it come to the next scan I did and it all was there, they were like panicking because they were like, Well how's this all this stuff happened in your brain? It's a massive amount of change in your in your brain scan, you know what I mean? Yeah. So when when you looked into it there was actually like a little difference, little to no difference at all. Exactly the same. No, no difference Jesus. at all whatsoever. Not, so it was exactly... Good thing you looked into that, to be fair, because that could be, like, the end of it. Like, now you're in a position where you can look and think, like, what's next? Like, obviously, stuff been going around you, moving up to featherweight now. Yeah, I mean, obviously, with it being done at Bellator, I mean, like, um, I fought since... Oh, God, since ACB at Bantamweight, and that was years ago, you know, and it's... Uh, I'm a massive Bantamweight anyway, I do a massive cut every single time, and... Outside of camp, it wouldn't be too bad if I was like walking around not too much further away from what I, I should be. But I walk around really heavy. I mean, I'm currently like 84 kilo at the minute, you know what I mean? And that's yeah, that's, this is me. Probably I'm normally around this weight outside of camp. Uh, and then I fight at 61, it's just too much every time. And it's not like I'm a small guy to be fighting at featherweight anyway, because I'm still taller than most of the featherweights fighting actively now, anyway. You know what I mean? I'm six foot and Normally they're around about the five five eight five nine stamp, you know, little stocky guys, which is fine. But at bantamweight, I just feel like it's too much. Like every single camp, it's the whole camp's just decided on losing weight and and killing myself and being miserable. When realistically, it should be about learning and preparing properly for a fight. Never mind just panicking and stressing about weight. And I'm just sick of it. And it's like, well, if this is a new start somewhere else, then I'm just gonna spend a bit of time now while all this lockdown shit's on and just really like uh, invest in myself and just put myself get a bit a bit like a bigger frame sorry um better stylistic frame for featherweight you know i want to put a little bit of size on get a bit bigger so i'm just going to do loads of weights with my strength and conditioning coach for the next few weeks and just just see where i can get to and then see what opens up you know if there's offers from somewhere else i'll go go fight somewhere else at featherweight i'm gonna speak to ksw and see what they say uh speak to one and i think brave might be interested as well so i'll speak to them and see what they come back with and and see if the cho- choice is right then you know what i mean but i'm not stressing i've got some uh some business ventures i've got going on at the minute that'll be taken off soon so i'm just enjoying spending a bit of time with my family and investing in some stuff mate it's it's been uh it's been kind of cool you know what i mean having this little break yeah it sounds good to be fair taking a chance to proper reinvent yourself everything going on spend time with the family and that like it's it's time like really like as as much as like it's everything going on is like really kind of shit it's like nice that you get to look back and think like oh actually i gotta spend this with family it's it's pretty cool like seeing like key moments and stuff isn't it definitely i mean i'm fortunate enough to have been in a decent position while all this is hit you know i still got to have a fight while all this was going on so i still got i still got paid you know so i'm not sitting here stressing i mean obviously i lost out on some sponsors and stuff when the whole bellator thing didn't get re-signed and but that doesn't really bother us. I mean, as I say, I've had a little bit of money put away. And so this whole time now, I've not really been stressed. I've just been able to, as I say, spend it, spend it with them the whole time and, and, and just get time that I wouldn't normally have with them. You know, like I'm getting to do a lot of stuff every single day with them and just, just enjoying it. As, I'm, as I say, it's, it's cool. Like. 
nah, it's, it's nice to be fair taking the time saying like like I'm staying at home at a minute as well. Like I'm seeing like stuff from my brothers I wouldn't have seen like while I was working and stuff. And it's like oh shit, like I'm getting to see as they like, grew up. It's like it it's nice when you take a step back. I definitely it is. It's, it's time that you know. When else would you get the opportunity to do this kind of thing? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's so obviously speaking. Like you've got a few like chances there. Like one brave KSW. It's like what what's like next? Are you just willing to take like anything at the minute, or are you just Obviously, there's no rush for you, everything going on, but, like, because readjusting to the weight and stuff, but... Like. As I say, nah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not too fussed about it, to be honest. Like, I, I'm, I do think that I've got, uh, I, like, I'm marketable and stuff like that. I feel like if I go somewhere, I could I could do well, and I feel like I could be an asset to a company if I, if I get the right offer, you know what I mean? I'd love to do it, but it just... It all depends on what they say, you know what I mean? I mean... I'm not really stressing too much. I just want to just find the love for training and just enjoy it and fighting. It's just a small part of what we do, you know what I mean? I mean, everyone everyone just thinks MMA and thinks of fighting, but for me, I just I want to just get me get me routine back, get back in the gym properly and find the love for it and get bigger, as I say, put a little bit of size on and, and then see what, what happens when the world opens back up a bit. I mean, if they... If I get some good offers, I'll, I'll have a good think about it. But if if I didn't get what I want, and then I, I'm I'll just chill. You know what I mean? I'm not really stressing about it. I mean, at the end of the day, you you put your health on your line every single time, and I've got loads of other stuff going on in the background. So if I'm offered something decent, I'll take it. And if not, I'm just gonna just keep training and just enjoy. As I say, I'm not in any rush to fight. So we'll see. That's it. Just gotta keep working and then take whatever comes. Really, like there's there's no worries at the minute. Moving, no, moving up to featherweight as well, obviously, like, training with Fisher and stuff, he, he, he's a featherweight, isn't he? Do you think that's, like, helping, like, being able to train with, like, lighter guys as well? Oh, definitely, I, I mean, I've got some of the best best lads around who fight in that division, you know, um, Fisher, Perry, G- James Hendon, um, Louis Monick, even though I don't know if he'll ever come back to featherweight, I think he's talking about moving up into another division himself, but uh, there's some really, yeah, really top lads at TFT at that weight, so when it comes to the the thought of doing a camp again like I've definitely got some ideal training partners for it um, but I as I, as I say it's there it's just more so for me personally I feel like energy in the camp will be different you know normally when I do a camp I'm freaking starving so when I get yeah. to the gym I'm already knackered I'm already sore I'm already sick and already miserable so it's like it, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a chore, whereas realistically, if I go in there full of energy, I, I, I love being there. That's why I personally enjoy training more outside of camp than what I do in camp. You know, outside of camp, you can learn you can, and it's stress-free. There's no pressure on, and, and that's when I enjoy it most. So now I'm just looking forward to just getting getting a routine back and getting, getting back in properly and motivating myself. You know, at the minute, I feel like I train, and then I'm just like, well, there's now in the pipeline, so I'll just kind of just come back to the gym and just lift some weights rather than just doing the MMA stuff, I just need to kind of just get somewhere to kind of just a kind of time frame for myself you know, just my yeah. own little, little thing and just get myself get myself right, but as I see it, just at the minute, just taking an hour you got a time frame for that though, you were, say, you were saying or is it just like um, I'll just I'll just say what, what's going on really I mean, yeah. obviously it's hard to see with all this what's going on at the minute, because in my head I was thinking, oh well, I'll, I'll spend a bit of time putting a bit of size on, and then get back in the gym properly, get my routine back, train properly, full schedule, and then fight middle of the year. But at the minute, it's like it's hard to put a time frame on it because 
nothing's opening up really you know i want to i've got people who i want to contact and see if i can get stuff set up for potential offers for fights and stuff and uh, and signing new contacts but then I, I haven't really done much at all considering everything what's going on at the minute i just feel like well what's the point i may as well wait till it opens bottle and then test the waters you know what i mean yeah definitely it's like just gotta take it as it comes really and like you talked about a few stuff like obviously enjoying training outside of camp as well it's like what would you say it was that actually got you into like the whole MMA thing? Because like, what actually got you in was it like a fight, a sp- specific fighter? Because you had a few semi-pro fights before turning pro as well, like quite a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had twenty-six boxing fights before that as well. Um, yeah, you're pretty well versed in that. Like, you like you got quite a bit of a striking style when you're fighting. You you like to keep it on the feet. Obviously, moved it a bit more to the ground. You're starting to train with Ellis a bit more uh, like northeast jitsu, but. Mm-hmm. Hey, what actually got you into like switching? Um, I don't know really. To be honest, I mean, I always used to watch MMA with me dad, um, and I always fancied it. But when I started back, back in the day, there was nowhere to do it, and I didn't know anyone who did do it. You know what I mean? So I was just fresh from stopping boxing and just taking taking over, keeping myself, uh, keeping myself fit in a boxing gym. And that's when I seen Fisher and a couple of the lads uh, doing their jujitsu in the back room, and then. That was it. I, I see them doing that, and I thought, when I've gone, went down and first session did jujitsu and and just fell in love with it, and just went from there. You know, what I mean, just it was just cool. It was just so different, and so I'd been fighting open class in boxing, did one national title, got the junior VFL, filed, I beat off a really good guy in a close fight who went on to do really well, and fought some really good kids and from coming from that kind of experience level in a sport and then coming to somewhere where I just didn't have a clue what I was doing and getting me ass kicked by everyone was just really motivational to kind of start and try and really put some time into it and get good you know I, did, I hated the fact that I was shit and I wouldn't be yeah. good so that was what made us stick there and that was what really made us dig in and, and start training and Fisher offered us he said straight away oh would you want to fight if we yeah uh, if we started to like get you get you ready for a fight and MMA, you know, if we change certain bits of your style and and get you ready, would you would you be interested in fighting? So I was like, yeah, I definitely, you know, like let's do it. And then that was that was it, you know. And then I had four semi pro fights and then turn pro and then went from then and been there ever since. Nice, good stuff. So it's like you've actually been with you've actually been with Fisher from the start. It's like right from day yeah, one from MMA. Day one, I literally day one. I was eighteen. When oh I was man. <laughs> nice, good stuff. It, it's like looking at looking through some of your fights as well. Like not some like it hasn't just been James. You've had a few like cancelled fights. It's like how does that like change all the training you put in? Because like you said, you were at bantamweight. Like there was some big big cuts. Like obviously it's frustrating having someone like pull out when you've cut all that weight. It's like what kind of stuff changed for you from there? Oh, it's a nightmare, mate. As I said, like that last one, we had four camps. You know what I mean? And it was just shit, man. It was like camp, and then the brain thing, then camp again, then James, then camp again, then Corona, and then I wasn't even in the gym really after that. I was doing bits and bobs of grappling, and but I wasn't like committed. It wasn't like I was in camp, you know. And then I got the phone call and saying about six weeks time, do you want the fight and all this? So I was just like, well, obviously I'm I'm fucking fat as fuck at that time, really. But like. Well, Put a weird butt on and just being paid because I was thinking like obviously it was done. Yeah. Um. So then obviously I had to start all over again, you know, from not to hundred, just straight back into full camp and just killing myself and just obviously had the fight, fought like a nagger, 
got beat and then just that's the way it is but it's a it's a nightmare training for a fight and it get cancelled obviously it's it's the nature of the sport it happens a lot you know especially like injuries wrestling and grappling and stuff like that like it's it's common you know what i mean you just gotta just try and try and keep your head on i guess i mean it's happened there's loads of times in my career like i've had i've had fights with some good guys so I've, I've had short notice offers you know it's happened twice bellator before i actually signed to bellator offered as a offered as a short notice fight but like ages ago this was before i signed with them on like two weeks notice and i had loads of weight to cut and that was at featherweight uh, and i accepted that and then that didn't end up happening and then they did it again bellator when they come back i think it was bellator london or something they offered us a fight and then um that didn't end up happening either you know so then obviously fast forward i ended up signing with them and stuff like that but uh, both times that's happened and not not ended up gone ahead and all the times in my career when I've been matched I was matched on the Bama Bellator card the split card and when that was coming to Newcastle the first time and then I had a pull out on that and then never ended up getting rematched and just it's just a nightmare you know what I mean but it's just part of the sport as I say like it's just fucking one of them things you know it's one of them just is what it is <laughs> it's a shit hell you didn't get paid if you didn't fight you know what I mean so aye it's true like the money you put into the camps as well like the, the nutrition the <laughs> All that stuff, it's got to be a nightmare. Ah, it is, I but as I say, it's just part of it. It's the, it's the game we'll play, you know what I mean? It's not ideal, and it's a madman sport, really, but... That's it, got to be a little bit crazy to do it. Aye, for sure. Bet it was mental going from, like, going from fighting in South Africa, travelling, like, all that distance to getting a fight in Newcastle as well, like, basically, like, local here. I know you're from Sunderland and stuff, but, like, obviously, northeast crowd, like... I've got loads of loads of friends in Newcastle as well, so for me it was uh, it was unreal. You know, I even obviously I had support there who were even from Newcastle, but walking out with Sunderland by Jimmy Kitt and that representing was uh, one of the best moments of my life. To be honest, I'll uh, I'll never forget that, and especially the way I felt. You know, going into that, I knew it was going to be a disgusting fight. I knew it was going to take a lot of damage. I knew I thought it was going to be three rounds of hell, and then I might win at the end. You know, like yeah. Get a submission or, or try and get it like uh, a knockout if I managed to grind him, get him tight. But uh, obviously, it went the way it did. But managed to get the win. It was, was, was a min fight to be fair. It's both, <laughs> both dog keeping that fight it was class. Uh, to, um, to get the win after getting, get like being in the trenches like that in front of everyone and seeing how the, the re- reaction was, where I was uh, one of the best moments of my life for sure. And, it was just a testament of like how tough I am. You know, like, obviously, I was buzzing with that and just to show like. How much I actually do want it, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. as I say, like I took it just to get through it. I was, uh, it was, it was special. Um, but I, as I say, got fighting on the other side of the world in South Africa, and getting paid pennies to then coming back and actually getting some decent money. You know, it was it was it was a good thing, and I'm glad it happened for sure. Yeah, definitely, it was definitely a good thing. Well, you said it was one of the proudest proudest moments. It's like going through, you got you got any other stories about that, like? proud times like times you've like showed like this is what i want to do like and i'm not gonna let anyone take that away kind of like stuff like do you know what i mean yeah i mean obviously fighting in south africa was wicked anyway you know fighting going flying on the other to the other side of the world fight some random person in the middle of nowhere yeah Uh, it's pretty wild you know like uh, it's it's things like that like i kind of uh, probably most people looking in probably don't really think that much of it at all but for me I think that's fucking cool you know like just random just just <laughs> fly, fly somewhere completely right and just just fight someone I think it's a pretty cool thing to do and uh, 
the second time I went out there when I fought the, the fight, the like called Fires Jacobs, who's the champion in the FC now, um, going out there, there was loads invested in that as well. Like there was so much build up, you know, like uh, back and forth between me and him, and to go then I ended up in a bad position straight away. And took some freaking hell, heavy elbows, right. <laughs> split the top open, and my head was bleeding all over, and then ended up guillotining him, putting him to sleep there. Uh, in front of like obviously it was his hometown as well i even remember like i was walking out and and i was walking out and there's a highlight of it somewhere and you can see people in the crowd telling us to fuck off like the atmosphere's proper against you <laughs> and then obviously i choked him out and then i was swearing at him and i was on the cage and then i was shouting into the crowd and people were shouting stuff but and i just remember that being like a a wild like crazy moment in me in my career and i just remember thinking like this is most electric i've ever felt I just remember just feeling just like, just as if it was a dream, you know what I mean? It was a, it was a, just raw emotion. I remember that was a special one. Uh, just, just still, I don't know why. Just it was just special. Just felt so good. And uh, it going out, beating beat him in his own place. It must have. That must be nice. Like. It's special. I like same as when I submitted Aiden, Aiden Stephen though. Like um, I knew he was a good grappler. Um, and I had, I had had a long layoff. I right. had a long layoff. I came back in uh, MMA I was straight away. I ended up getting a match with Aiden, and I knew he was a really good amateur, and he competed against Ellis twice in grappling as well, and I knew he was good, you know. So It was another guillotine, wasn't it? Uh, it was another guillotine. I knew that was going to be a, a, t- a tough one, so he's gone there, and then I knew he was like a good fucking athletic specimen as well. I remember before the fight watching him doing video at my air. Doing a celebration, doing a massive backflip off the kids, and I just remember thinking, "Fuck, this guy's gonna be a nightmare." <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I ended up fighting him and had a tough fight with him. I man, he, I felt like I was defending takedowns lovely, like I was switched on. My hands were working well, and I, I landed a heavy shot and rocked him, and I knew I did. And I ended up head hunting a bit, trying to knock him out, and ended up getting taken down. Um, get me back, took me the elbow a fair few times, and I defended that and got back on top and stuff. And it was just a back and forth, and it was a good fight, and then I ended up submitting him, but it was weird because it was like, I'd been telling myself the whole time, like, I knew I was in for a tough match because I knew he was good on the floor, but I, I just kind of, I was telling myself, like, I just had a feeling that I would get a submission in the fight, and I thought I would guillotine him. And it was the same when I fought five years. I was seeing Ross Cole in training the last session I had on the Thursday morning before I flew out there. Um, I was seeing the Ross Cole. I was like, I've got a feeling, like, if I can get get this guy on, like, to... to to belly down, I'll be able to guillotine him. You know, I feel like he'll leave, leave his neck out a bit. He normally doesn't try and scramble. He normally, when he gets taken down, he'd normally play off his back a bit. But I just felt like if I could get him to belly down, I'd get his neck in. And it ended up happening, you know, like the same same thing that fight. And I ended up getting his neck and submitting him with that. So, like, the same with Aiden Stephen. When I, when I submitted him, it was kind of like as if I'd, like, brought it to life, you know what I mean? And I just remember, like... There's a photo of us actually running over to to jump over the cage to hug Fisher like on top of the cage and there. Uh, I just remember that was a proper special moment and uh, my girlfriend was there in this crowd pregnant and that you know what I mean. So that was yeah, a, that was a time for me for sure. Definitely special like winning like in front of people that like, you're close to as well. Uh, I definitely after after so much just putting into it you know like getting paid pennies still at that time you know what I mean it was just just for the love of it and just it was cool when you enjoy doing it though like I think you'd do it for anything obviously when you get the higher levels and stuff like money does talk like money like, you'd have to say like you're in it like if you don't want the money it's it's always a part of it really but like uh, for sure I mean it is but now, like to get into it at first, first you've got to enjoy uh, it when you're 
when you're first coming up, it's the, obviously you've been amateur and you've been semi-pro, whatever the rules are, it's different now. But uh, when you're fighting, then you come from fighting for free anyway, so you're, you're not asked about money, you just yeah. do it because you love it. And then obviously you start getting money and climb the ladder a bit and start getting more. And then obviously like it does come in a little bit because then obviously further down the line when you start training full-time and you're not, you're not working, not getting money elsewhere, then that becomes an issue. You know, like, I love fighting. I love it, and at the end of the day, like it's something that's always been a part of my life since I was twelve year old, you know. And it's like the point is now, it's like, well, I've put that much into my life for it. Like I kind of, if I'm not getting paid what I want, then it's just not money anyway. You know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't. It's it's just like if I'm not going to get paid what I want, I'm not going to bother. Like it's like time away from the family, sacrifice there. I mean, I'll always train. You know what I mean? I'll always, I'll always train, and if if that's the way it is, then. I'll date, and if I'm not getting paid, as I say, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna really stress about it. I mean, I'd love to, if I got a good opportunity, like uh, see a really big name, someone who I've always liked, or something, and they were like, oh, there's a, there's an opportunity to fight this guy here. Do you want it? And this is what you'll get. And if, if it was shit money, if it was someone who I really looked up to, or someone I would take. But aside from that, if I'm not gonna get paid decent money and it's, it's worth me while, I'm not gonna bother, man. I'll just, as I say, keep investing in the other things that I've got going on and just enjoy me training until until an offer does come along, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Is it, are we going to get an insight into what that is or is it just stay tuned and find out kind of kind of deal? <laughs> I have got some uh, I've got some stuff in the pipeline as I see it'll, it'll all come to light soon enough. I mean, I've got some daft little things local starting with a couple of my mates like uh, a couple of little businesses and stuff like that and I've got Got me on podcast. I'm about to launch as well. Um, oh, it's not about MMA. It's just it's just lifestyle. It's not like uh, I mean, then I get as well. I'll talk about fights and I'll talk about everything. But it's just going to be more so about lifestyle, just day to day stuff. You know, just get some, just get some of my mates on and just have a bit of crap. Really, that's all it's going to be. That's all it's about. Really, just get on and like, have some have some fun with it. Post it and then people like it. They like it. Exactly. That's it. And that's the one thing I'm not really asked if people didn't like it because at the end of the day, I'm just. I just love cracking all my mates and just having a laugh. So that's all it's going to really be. Just a bit of, just a bit of fun while there's not much going on. You know what I mean? I'm just thought I may as well. I'm sitting doing it anyway, so I thought, well, I may as well just record it and get it out there for everyone else to have a watch that because there's been some funny, funny crack going on lately. So uh, that's one of the things I'm, I'm doing at the minute anyway. Ah, oh, definitely. Is, is there anything that's went on that you've been like, fuck? Like I wish that was on camera, or like not really. <laughs> there's hey, got to be a few uh, stories. Come on. Sorry. Trying to think. You can't put you on the spot there. That's it. There's always a few moments though. I my times just traveling to places and shit like that that I wish were recorded, you know what I mean? There's been all sorts of my shit going on there. But uh <laughs> just that's just part of life, isn't it? You know what I mean. It is what it is. It's you. You get quite a few. The funniest moments aren't actually like recorded. It's it's weird like that. Aye, aye. There's been some madness. Like I can't even think off the top of my head. I wish I would have some shit to give you, but I can't really think of uh, any right shit that's really going on. Ah, it's all good. Telford snapped his knee in the gym was a funny one. Like. That what? Was it, that was the, what happened there? What's, what's the story behind that? This was the when I first started training at TFT. Um, there's a lad called Chris Delford there. Um, he was a kind of grappler. Um, he came back not that long after, in a couple of fights, but he's not. I don't think he's been been back ever since. But um, 
but in the day when he, when we were first training, he was uh, he was quite slick and uh, he used to always play loads of rub guard and stuff like that. Right. And, uh, right. He, he was he was having a he was having a role with Warwick, one of the lads at there. He tried to go to rubber garden where he busted really hard, but his leg was like right up on his shoulder, so his leg went like got like pulled the other way, so his knee just completely like just like separated and his kneecap like twisted right around the side of his leg. Oh, it's probably like, grim that. Oh man, it was disgusting. It looked like a quaver underneath his skin or something. It was <laughs> like screaming in agony, like unbearable, like pain. He must have been in. He's screaming, and um. Fish is ringing the ambulance and that, and someone puts a tie pad under his head, and someone's fanning him down, and I'm laying there on the mat, just absolutely pissing me, bands laughing, and I'm just <laughs> crying, it was cr- just crying, laughing, fucking. The ambulance says that they're going to be in now because it's not an emergency, and that. Telford screaming, and eventually they come, and everyone's outside the room, and you can just hear, like, ah, ah, so <laughs> walks in, it's like, oh, have you put it back in the place? And they're like, no, he's not letting us touch him. And then, uh, so they basically had to take him away, that, take him to the hospital, and they come in with this, like, massive pram wheelchair, and, like, wheeled him out, and, like, he's, like, fucking biting on this towel, screaming, getting pushed out of the gym, and turning to me, and he's telling us to fuck off, and that, just fuming, because I'm still pissed myself. <laughs> Honestly, that was a special one. Like, I mean, the, another time with Telford, actually, it was funny as out. Louis, we were all sparring in the in the little room, and it was fucking hilarious, man. Uh, we, we, used to, we used to go and hell for leather in the little room. Like, honestly, like, it was, like, to the death. <laughs> we right. used to, like, batter each other, like, just full on. Like, sometimes Fisher would see the last 10, and we'd just go and flat out, but it would be, like, two minutes left the round and that, and just we'd just come out just ridiculously battered. And, um... This is before all this, like, thinking about, like, longevity and stuff like that was thought about, you know, it's just yeah. total one in the little room, and I remember Louis, Louis Monick cracked Telford with, like, a lovely right hand, and kind of, like, half, like, dropped Telford, he, like, like, legs went, and he, like, dropped his knees, and he spewed, and he, and he spewed, and it was a full chip come out. Oh, <laughs> no. So, I don't know how he's fucking swallowed this chip, he must have, like, full-on blowjobbed it, he's, like, <laughs> spewed, and it was a full-size chip landed on the mat, I'll never forget it, that was comedy gold, I was fucking pissing myself, it was amazing, but uh, that was, that was another one of the Telford ones, like. You know, enough questions are getting asked, it's like, how did that all get in? <laughs> <laughs> No, nah, that's mint. Uh, oh, it's good. Right, I think that's all we've got time for like, on this recording. Though. Honestly, thanks for popping on, mate. Cheers for your time. Anytime, mate. Anyways, I appreciate it, mate. Any feedback, make sure to uh, like, obviously send me or Carl a message. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll catch you later.